We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. We're going to talk about a topic now that's very controversial. Black women dating white men. Now, this is not so much of a hot button issue as much as it would be when we say something like a black man dating a white woman. Now, why this is an issue, the opposite, I mean, black man with a white woman, has to do with the fact that there's a certain amount of African-American women that feel as though black men are being taken by white women for whatever reason. Well, we have another episode where we'll talk about that specifically. But in this particular episode, we're talking about black women and white men. Now, there are certain things you will notice about a black woman being with a white man. First of all, the dogs bark. But besides that, it comes down to where she feels in some cases, not in all, a little bit more empowered. There are women that tell them, go girl, you do do your thing. When Meghan Markle got married to Prince Harry, the number of black women that supported that marriage was off the chain because that was an accomplishment for some of them. Some of them thought that, well, by her being accepted on that level in society, I shouldn't have a problem either. Now, there's nothing wrong with that mindset. Love who you want to love. I always promote that on this show. But here's the thing that we have to come to grips with. There are a lot of complications for a black woman dealing with a white man, just like it is for a black man dealing with a white woman. And this is what we're going to discuss. So what are some of them? Social acceptance is the first. Now, a lot of African-American women may get involved in an interracial relationship and some feel as though there's a sense of universal acceptance that should be associated with them. Some African-American women may use it as a sense of stepping up, a representation of their frustration with black men and their complacency, a status symbol and others are just there with this guy because they love him and there's nothing wrong with that and what we have to understand is that as in any interracial relationship regardless what race you are if you're with someone based on status, prestige notoriety, attention you're in a bad relationship from the get go because your intentions are 
they're warped. Now, let's face a few realities here. And a lot of people don't like really doing this, but we should. When we get involved with someone in a relationship, we understand that there's a price to pay to be in that relationship. You're denying yourself other people and you're only sticking with the person you love. Idealistically, that's what we hope people marry and love for. Now, the percentage of black women who marry white men is about half that of black men who marry white women. So for many black women, this is a monumental stepping stone. They're recognized by someone, in other words, someone that in a social scheme has value. And there are some women out there who believe that that person will bring value to them by being associated with them, being in a relationship with them, giving them a level of clout, prestige, and notoriety that they would normally not get with another black man. Now, there are some African-American women that may use this as an opportunity for payback. The guys that used to call me ugly when I was growing up. The guy that wouldn't date me because I was too dark. The guy that didn't like me because I had buck teeth or I had the gap. The guy that didn't like me for whatever reason. My nappy hair or whatever. This man is accepting me. And what this means is that there are some women out there who want a level of affirmation that a black man cannot give them. That white man can. I've arrived. I've made it. I'm good enough to be with a white man, so I'm in the company of white women. And so, therefore, they feel as though they are in a place where they have desired to be for so long. They're Barbie with Ken, as they see it. Now, of course, this does not pertain to all black women that are in interracial relationships with white men. But see, there are some other characteristics that takes place as well. The first thing an African-American woman needs to do when she's with anyone, especially someone of a different race, is to make sure that that person will respect them in the sense that they are cognizant about where they take their partner, where that partner does not feel inferior or is not treated poorly, or is not dissed. And sometimes it's a tough go, because on occasion there are some white men that may not have the uh, emotional intelligence to understand that when they have an African-American woman, that they may be treated differently themselves. They may be rather naive and think that, well, because we're a couple, that's all that matters. But here's what you have to realize. To others, they may look at this as a delusional relationship. People who have a colored judgment may say, she's not your equal. She's your inferior partner. And this is the way they may see it doesn't necessarily mean it's the way it is by no stretch. And they treat that partner according to 
their perception. And this means that when you're in one of these designer relationships, whether it's interracial, whether it's December, May, May, December, whether it's in a relationship where you're with someone that will underscore, that, that would undergo ridicule in society, that person that's the least affected by it needs to be able to stand up to the challenge. Now, the other aspect of this that we have to look at is family. This is one of the biggest problems. And there are a lot of African-American women that have written to the show about having issues with this. They date the white guy in college. They're together on campus. They're having sex. However, when he goes home to mom and dad, that's where the cutoff is. Now, there's an unwritten thing that happens in some families. And that is the child. And what I mean by that, well, we have it in the African-American community. If the child's too dark, people will go and talk about the child. Again, not all people, but people who are color-struck, people who are still subscribing to colorism, which I think is a kind of a childish term. But this is what is used. Now, many mothers, white mothers especially, may want their son to have a white child. And they may not look upon the black woman as being somebody that's representative of their family. Depending on how light she is in some cases. And by the way, folks, let me tell you something about this before we get too hypersensitive about skin color. You could go on many interracial dating sites, which I have done. Even though these people want interracial relationships, guess what they also do? They gauge you by what they want you mixed with. They gauge you by the skin color. I was on one specific site where they gave you choices. Lighter complexion, darker complexion. Like your commodity. And sometimes people have a problem with this, especially women, because women are very hard on each other. And so what she's looking at is probably not because of the fact she's black. Son likes her, and he brought her home to introduce him to mom and dad. Mom is worried about what are people going to say. Now, most good mothers don't give a damn. It's who her son wants. He loves her. I support him. I support her. I love her. I love him. But you have those that are separatists that don't really want that to take place. Not necessarily because they're racist, but because they don't want the fallout and the flack and the ridicule and the explanation of why their son is with a black woman. Not to mention her being with a child that may be caramel or darker in complexion. 
Now, even though this sounds very childish, there are some people that are still stuck in that mindset. We would love to just erase the legacy, the waste, right? Erase the legacy of slavery. But we can't. It's part of the American culture. It's as intrinsic as every institution in this country, whether we like it or not. We still have laws on the books in certain states that still pertain to slavery. They have not been adjusted, modified, or done away with. Some of our federal laws are still based on that. Here's the problem for some people that have this ilk of thinking. The son has ruined the family's reputation. The mother doesn't want to do damage control. The dad doesn't want to do damage control. And usually what you'll find is that the father is a little bit more liberal unless he's an extremist. The mother will be the one that will probably be the person that has more of a problem. Doesn't always have to be this way by no stretch, but it's a common thing. The mother's looking out for the son's best interest. Son, you might not want to be with this black woman, even though I know you love her. You guys are just dating. And some parents go into denial about it. Yes, well, this is just a fetish he has. He's not going to be serious about her and he's not going to have a child with her. And she's convincing herself of this because she really doesn't want this woman in their family. Some people have actually been paid off to leave families, to leave boyfriends by families. It depends. This is why, as an African-American woman, when you go into a relationship interracially for the first time with a Caucasian man, you may want to ask certain questions about his family about his background, the attitude that they may have towards her being black. Now, you want to also make sure that he has a spine when it comes down to that. Because he could very well leave you right there at the mercy of his mother as she shreds you apart verbally. And I can tell you, when it comes to family, by default, the family usually wins. So understand that. You want to establish where that relationship is going in the beginning with him. So we long-term, short-term, is it sexual or what? The reason being, you want to set your expectations in order to not to be hurt. But here's another thing I would strongly advise you not to do, ladies, to help you, because I've heard women say this. I've heard women tell me that they wanted to be with a white man so they could have a baby with good hair and light eyes and light skin. And let me do away with a misconception by many African-American women. Black men are not looking for white women for that same purpose. And here's why. The reason why we don't look for that is because we don't like kids anyway. We don't want them. If we can get around not having kids, we're fine. It's women 
the people that actually make us want children. They convince us to want children. I'm not saying you're manipulating us because there's some narcissistic guys out there that think that their sperm is so good that they have to go and impregnate every woman on the planet to leave their name. But what you have to understand is when a man is thinking in that mindset, he doesn't have shit else to offer the world. He has very little to offer if he's at that stage in his thinking. The reason why most black men will date women, white women and other women of their races, and I'll be honest with you, I'll attest to this, is because of the fact that guess what they don't want to do? The white women, and usually many of the other women, they don't want to have a child. They want to wait. Now, it also depends on economic class because you have some that take on a poor mindset. And you have others that really have respect about themselves and they're like, why should I do that? Just like some of you African-American women. You don't want to get pregnant at an inappropriate time in your life when you're getting ready to go to college or when you're starting your career and got your job going. You want to be very selective about that. You're not just going to give away yourself to anyone. But there are some of you who are fixated on things that challenged you when you were younger. The name calling and all the rest of this inferiority stuff that they tried to push on you. And I'm not talking about white people. I'm talking about your own kind. African-American men. African-American women that have done it. And you want to distance yourself from... you look at it from the standpoint of well my child will have a better life than I will because she will have a lighter skin she will have lighter eyes she'll be more socially acceptable than I will and some of you have this mindset I've talked to you I've gone out on dates with many of you that had this black woman told me one time that I was too dark She said, oh, you'll never do. You're too dark. Our child would be smut. And she told me what she wanted. She wanted to have a baby by the whitest white man she possibly could so that child would have a chance in the future. Now, is there anything wrong with this? Well, it depends on the individual. I don't have a problem with it. If a person thinks that way, they want to believe that way, let them go that way. Why condemn them? They have their own reasons. But what they have to also realize, there are consequences with every choice we make in life. And a lot of these mixed children, interracial children, will tell you, I don't like being called mulatto. They will tell you, I used to get beat up by the black kids and then disenfranchised and disowned by the whites. And they're caught in that center. And many of them wind up dating and marrying somebody that looks like them, biracial. It all depends. 
See, the assumption by many people that don't want a black woman with a white man, as far as the mothers, white mothers, they're afraid that the child may have too many black features. And that would mean too much explanation to society. Even though they may have a good relationship with this young lady in private, in public she's disowning her. Because she doesn't want to seem like a hypocrite among her peers in France. Where they talk about black people as those people over there. They're not racist, they just want to be separate from them. And she can't have that in her background. Now, does this pertain to all white mothers that have a son that's with a black woman? By no stretch does it. But what I am saying is you have that kind of conviction in some people. Just like you have the conviction in some black women who only want to be with a man for his hair color, his eyes, his skin color. And there are many black women out there that just want to be with someone who loves them. And he's not a status symbol. I remember one day in particular, I tell you what, let's take a break and we'll continue. Now, one of the things that I get from some of you who have written in, African-American ladies, that have written in about some of the situations you're facing with your white boyfriends, and in some cases husbands, is this treatment by other black men of disdain. You will find this across the board a lot of times. And the reason for this, I want you to think about it for a moment. That black man that does not like you being with this white man, I want you to ask yourselves, would you want to be with that black man anyway if he was that angry because you made a choice for someone who loved you? You will have that same problem even if you were with a black man and that black man saw you with him. The symbolism of, of that white man's skin is one thing. But the insecurity in that black man that's really going to try to confront you over it is the problem, not your relationship with him. See, most black men do not care that black women are with white men. In fact, I encourage it for you to be happy if you're happy, but not just based on his race, but based on the fulfillment he gives you and the love he gives you back. Because that's what you're looking for. A lot of African-American women have been stuck by this tradition of sticking and waiting for the black man to come around to them. And see, here's what's happened. Over the years, black women have stuck by black men. And what has happened, this younger generation, and when I say younger, I'm talking about from the 90s up. When they got to that point of being independent, And when I say this, I mean superficially independent. Going out talking about having children without a man. What a lot of these women did was they damaged themselves by doing this, especially within the African-American community. 
they went out and had these babies with these guys. These guys were trying to act like Tupac in order to get as much pussy as they possibly could. And they would impregnate these women. And these women had no idea at that point. They were actually devaluing themselves when it came down to men that would have really wanted to be with them. And they put themselves in a position where it made them less desirable. Many of them didn't finish school. Many of them wound up with a whole bunch of children. And so these guys that were really looking for a wife, they bypassed them. I remember during the 90s, it was very difficult for me to find a woman that didn't have a child. I dated many single moms, but I realized that wasn't really for me, especially after marrying one. But it wasn't the fact that she was that person. It was the fact that there are a lot of things associated with a ready-made family that you don't have to deal with with a woman that doesn't have any children. So this is what made a lot of African-American women unpopular with many African-American men, especially educated African-American men. And what happened, the thug, the guy that was walking around trying to act like Tupac, the guy that was trying to act like the latest rapper, they were the ones getting all the ass. They were the ones that were sleeping with all these women. And therefore, these guys were the ones that had it made. The nerds, the squares, they were all out. Nobody wanted them. But they don't want them until later on in life when they need them. After they realize that they're lonely. After they realize that the thug dude really couldn't come through for them. And she wound up taking care of him, giving him a place to stay. Having to pay his bail. And he can't contribute to the family as she has. Where she had to go back to work, go back to school, get an education, and then take care of this dude. And she's frustrated, and she's looking at him as a failure. But when she was younger and more impressed by him, oh, she was loving it. But the price she paid was later on. Because they bought into what a lot of these women pushed back then on Oprah's show and different things about that woman that could have that baby by that nuclear physicist and she didn't need the man and what would happen is she'd have this smart child. We saw what that got her. I remember years later during the interview, they tested the child and the child just had an average, just like normal kid, as far as intelligence. So apparently those genes didn't transfer over. But there were a lot of white women doing this during that time. And of course, some black women compare themselves to white women even though they don't like to. They get offended by this. The long straight hair. Well, if you weren't born with long straight hair and you go and you buy it from India and then have it attached to your head, you're trying to mimic because after all we have to face it a lot of this had to do with when the Kardashians became popular and Kim 
was the cat's meow for a lot of black men. He started seeing a lot more women wear hair weaves. And of course, what do, we all, what, what do I always hear? Well, white women do it too. A very small percentage. The numbers meet those out. You can Google it and check it. Here's the thing. Make an excuse because a white woman does something is not a good argument. Make an excuse for you doing something that sounds more plausible. And I think a lot of times what happens, a lot of black women got caught up in a competition thereof. If you look at most of the white men that marry black women, many of these black women have their natural hair. Many of these black women are not wearing all this cake makeup and everything else. They're conservative, professional looking women for the most part. They modify their behavior. They're not cussing and talking and acting crazy. They comport themselves. I have a close friend in Los Angeles. She's dated nothing but white women, white men all her life. Told me straight up. Oh, we can never date. We could be friends, but we can never date. You got the wrong paint job. I wasn't offended. I said, okay, nothing's wrong with that. You got your preference. I still thank God because most black men would go off on me. And she told me straight up. She said, here's why I'm with a white man. He can provide me a better living. She says, he's cordial. I don't have to worry about cussing out, cussing him out. We can have a decent conversation. He can get me into places a black man can't. He has connections that black men don't have. And she went on down the list. And I said, yeah, in some degrees, you have points. But what you also have to realize, too, is that I noticed you didn't mention anything about happiness. I said, that's the first thing I would look for in anyone, no matter what race they were. But she wasn't concerned about that. She was concerned about the status. But one thing she didn't mention, she said, I don't want to have any children. She says, because that would mess up my marketability. I won't be able to go and get the next finer man just in case this one doesn't work out. So I always want to be in a position of not having no stretch marks, watching my diet and my weight, and not having some little bastard kid on her hip, as she said. What she was trying to do is fight the stereotypical black woman as she saw it. Now, here's the other thing, too. A lot of black women that get with these white men genuinely are looking for someone to love them. Not someone they have to confront, someone they have to argue with, someone at times where they find a man that has an inferiority complex when it comes to his masculinity. Now this becomes a bigger problem if you really look at it on the larger spectrum. A lot of black men, what are we treated like when we are growing up, when we're around everybody else in society? Black women talk about us, they deface us, they emasculate us. So therefore, younger black women that see this 
says, well, mom didn't give a damn about him. You know, she talked about him, called him all these bad names. So therefore, he has no value. And so in her head, she wants somebody of a social value. And this is why a lot of these girls will go for lighter-skinned men. And then consider them as being better. Another African-American woman told me one time, she says, the reason why I chose a white man was because more than likely he'll go to college before he goes to jail. She had a plausible point. You look at the statistics, they don't lie. See, the problem we have is that we want to have this holistic view of the black community as one monolith and all these people are doing so positive so many positive things and everything's going in a positive direction. But we don't point out many of the maladies within it. Like the high incarceration rate. Because we don't talk to our young men and tell them, hey, before you take your ass out in the street, let's have this talk so you'll know exactly what you're dealing with. Some of those young men don't get those talks because the father's not in the home. See, the mom can talk to him to a certain extent, But the dad who had the experience, the hands-on, he knows. Because there are things that mom doesn't know that black men know. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. One of the benefits of working in media is that you get what is called a state-issued press pass. Now, with that press pass, doesn't sound like much, does it? But it can get you out of a lot of situations that you may find yourself into. What do I mean by this? Got pulled over one night. Officer said I was swerving. Calls in second unit, third unit. Get out of the car, do the sobriety test. Everything's fine. Now, here's the thing. Before he even asked me for my driver's license, he asked me out of the car. And that's not usually what they would do. And the reason why he did that was because he told me that after we got everything squared away, he says, well, I thought you were drunk and I was trying to get you from behind the wheel first. And then we were going to see. So I gave him my driver's license and when I opened up my wallet, he saw the California press pass. Still took me through the test. But guess what he didn't do? He didn't take me through all of the tests because I wasn't drunk, first of all. But here's the thing. If I would have been belligerent to him, disrespectful, they could have easily taken me away for anything. They didn't search my vehicle. He apologized for stopping me. But everything changed when he saw the press pass. Some things you learn. Being courteous with the officer. That's the reason why I would drink one beer at 9 o'clock and another one at 11. And that'd be it for the night. So I can honestly say when I got stopped by a police officer, I only had two beers. What kind were they? Miller Genuine Draft. Eight ounce. Okay, so that was 16 ounces. And they start calculating, it's what, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning? 
and then I had to worry about. So by planning a night that way, you don't have to worry about the consequences associated with being pulled over. These things help you. Things might have changed now. They may have raised the alcohol limit. But back then, two beers was acceptable. Anything more than that had an issue. Another thing. If you were sitting there and you knew good and well you just had your last beer at 12 o'clock, the club closes at 2. Or if you had your last beer at 1, which some people some people would, and the club closes at 2, you may want to just sit in the parking lot and wait a little bit. Wait until a little bit later, maybe hours or an hour and a half before you put your key in the ignition and take off. Or maybe just fall asleep in the car. Because what you want to do is lessen your interactions with police officers. And see, this is what women sometimes don't teach their sons. See, a man knows the less interference a police officer has in your life, the better chances you're going to have a better life. This is your life. It's private. Why are you going to allow somebody else to come in it? And not only that, take your ass to a place you don't like and put you in a room with a whole bunch of people you don't like and keep you there for many years wearing clothes you don't like and treating you in a subservient way. Why go through that? You don't have to. And so a lot of these black women get frustrated when they see these men who can't control their emotions, can't control themselves. And those women that say, you know what? I'm worth something. They start to look for other people. They look for educated black men. You have some black women that are loyal to black men and they're going to only stay with a black man no matter how fucked up their relationship. with any other race of person or even another black man that would treat them better. And a lot of black women woke up from that sense of allegiance to face the fact that, hey, you know what? I have value. Why am I just going and settling when I can get what I need? And if it comes in another package, so be it. I'll be happy. And that was the important aspect of it that these women are looking for. More in a moment, folks. Let's talk about some of the myths and uh, misconceptions and lies. One of them being, you have a lot of people in the African-American community that believe that all the white people are wealthy. Biggest lie ever told. What you will find is that just like in the black community where you have black people that think they're bougie, snobbish, looking down on other people, you have the same thing in every other community of races there are. Now, what they do have in some cases is social preference because of their skin color. Trust me. Jeff Bezos and a lot of other wealthy people are not just going to willy-nilly write a check to a person because they're white. So we know that's not the case. So what we have to really look at 
are some realities and some misconceptions. One reality is, as an African-American woman, you may go to a restaurant. There may be a white female working as a waitress, and you're with your white boyfriend or husband, and she may have issues with that. And so she may not want to wait your table, or she may be a little bit disrespectful, you know, a little bit, but disrespectful, respectable in general to you. Now, he should intervene. If he doesn't, there's an issue. There's an issue right there with your relationship. You will be faced with that. Now, he probably will not be confronted so much with a white male peer. Sometimes he will if you run into an extremist or a supremacist, but for the most part, that's kind of rare. So what will happen is the white female could very well be the one that's your adversary, depending on her socioeconomic class. And this is what it has to do with a lot. In other words, people will think that should be my boyfriend. It's just like some black women when they see a black man with a white woman. That should be my boyfriend. As if she's entitled to him because he's black and she's black. Well, you have some black men that think that way when they see you with a white man. That should be my girlfriend. Even though you guys may not be compatible, he's just making the equation because you're black with the assumption that you went through the same experience. Not every black person has gone through the hood. Not every black person knows what a 99 cent store looks like inside. Not every black person knows what it's like to get on food stamps, welfare, unemployment, or anything else. Hell, I didn't get my first unemployment check till 2008 when I got laid off. Before then, I didn't know nothing about no damn unemployment. I just went and got another job. Wait around for that. That took too damn long. And plus, it didn't pay you anything. Just because you have the same paint job don't mean you have the same experience. And I think we get that mixed up sometimes. And we think that everybody is on the same level, and they're not. See, this false sense of equality that we have running through this country is what's killing us. I wouldn't consider myself equal to Michael Jordan in 1995 when he was playing with the Bulls. He could do shit in the air and on the court that I could never do. So it's no way in the world I could make that equation that because I'm black, I should be able to do the same thing Michael Jordan does. Or because I'm black, I should do the same thing Jay-Z's doing, being a billionaire. We have to face some realities. Everybody has their own experience and everybody rides in their own lane. Some drive slower than others. Others get an opportunity and they take it. But that opportunity may not be meant for everybody. And when you go with this groupthink mentality, sometimes it doesn't work out well for you. Think I'm lying? Look at what happened with Bitcoin, where a quarter of African-Americans invested in it. Lost a hell of a lot of money the other day. As an example, only 11% of whites invested in it. The reason why it was so speculative, but look at the way they marketed it to black people. You had all of these rappers and celebrities 
marketing it especially to us. Why? Because we were the most gullible. We were the most desperate. We were the most destitute. We felt as though this could be the catalyst of change. As we thought with many multi-level marketing programs that were dumped into the African-American community that wound up being nothing more than a farce. You got some people on different media platforms swearing up and down they're with the black cause and they're with the African-American community only to get enough money and then tell them to go to hell and they go out and do the same thing that they talk that they would not going to talk about what they were not going to do. And some of you know. This is your life. This is not a community's life. And no matter how you try to comport yourself to fulfill the obligations that they try to bestow upon you, what you have to ask yourselves is this question. What you're putting on my shoulders, are you carrying the same weight? And a lot of them don't. They put the guilt on you so that they'll feel better about themselves to go on and make the choice. They will tell you, oh, why are you marrying that white man? You don't be marrying no white man. And yet that very brother that told you that will go out and marry a white woman. See, we're stuck on this symbolism. Nobody alive enslaved any of us. None of us alive are slaves or have been slaves. So what we have to understand is this. We're dealing with a legacy issue and there's a whole different perspective because as society sees us for the most part, Republican Party is a prime example. They don't see us as victims. They see us as people that said, hey, you know what? We're waiting for reparations and we're waiting to be acknowledged so that we can go on with our lives, but we're not going to do it until then. And the Democrats, of course, are placating us. Oh, don't you black folks worry about the thing. We got you covered. We're going to put black women in office. We're going to run black women to do this and do that. And they're going to be representative of you. Treating us like children. Ice Cube had some validity when he was talking about not going to either party. He's right. Both don't have the interests. Here's the problem that we have. I don't have a problem with Biden. Didn't have a problem with Trump. The reason being, the people behind them. That's the problem. We'll get it together sooner or later. Now, another factor that comes into play here. When we talk about these types of interracial relationships, you're going to always face ridicule, criticism, condemnation. And many of these black women that are in these interracial relationships, when they meet another black woman, they're wondering, what does this sister think think about me holding his hand? What does she think about me with him? Now, she's not so concerned where she's worried. But it's a consideration. It's a thought. And a lot of times when these black women are telling them to go forward and go on, some of them are hypocrites. Other them, others of them are good folks. The hypocrite's going to say, yeah, girl, you go ahead and get you a white man. 
Oh, I can't stand that brother. He was that white woman over there. That hypocrite? She's that way for a reason. Looking at it from the standpoint that my self-esteem is so low, I'm happy for somebody else to be out of the race. But I hate when the man that I'm trying to go after goes out of his race to be happy too. But see, you act like it's a deliberate act and it's not. It's about who they find that will work with them the best in a relationship. Because that's what counts. That's what's important. You only have one life to live. And if you choose to live it based on somebody else's sentiments, feelings, and opinions, you are the biggest damn fool that walked the face of this earth. You better start doing this for yourself. Will these same people be with you in a nursing home? Will these same people be around you at the bedside when you're dying? Will these same people be calling you at 50 and 60 years of age when you may not be so active? Will these people be that group of friends later on in life? Most of those folks are just going to be irrelevant people that you met along the way that has nothing to do with your life in any shape, way, form, or fashion as you mature. So you're going to have to learn how to shed friends and even shed family members on decisions you make in life that are going to be very important to you. Because, see, you got to understand one thing. When you make a change, whether it's dating a white man, whether it's dating a black man, whether it's dating somebody that everybody doesn't like, and you're making that choice for the betterment of yourself, if they were really supporting you, they would understand that change. They would accept it. They don't have to tolerate it because you don't need anybody that's tolerating you. You tolerate a cockroach until you kill it. You want somebody there that will understand why you made that change without you having to explain it and understand that change you've made. See, people, when they get comfortable with using you or having you in a certain place where they are, they get upset when you do make that change. That means they have to do something. That means that they have to reassess whether or not they're going to be a valuable part of your life. They have to reassess whether or not they're going to even be in your life. And they don't want that. They want things to be as they were, status quo. And this is something you have to face. And it's going to be tough letting people go. There was one African-American woman that wrote me. His family, white, loved her and everybody that she brought over, all of her cousins and friends. But but her family, African-American family, everybody was like, why are you with that white man? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? They had a problem with her. They felt as though, in some way, they had breached the trust. She carried that guilt. 
And then her family got to a point where they said, well, since she's going to be with him, we might as well use her to get to his money. And of course, that didn't work. And so she wrote me because she was having a problem severing ties with her family. Because she found more of a welcoming and inviting situation with her own man's family as opposed to her own family. And sometimes you'll find that. But what she also realized was that in her family, she didn't have any love. And that was the premise of her actually going out of her family. Looking for someone that didn't look like them. Didn't think like them. Didn't act like them. Now, there are a lot of black folks that will take this as an affront when a black woman is with a white man. Like a slap in the face. But you got to get out of your social political feelings. And understand that that person's happy with whomever they're with. You know, we look at some of these black leaders. They had whites in their lives. Maya Angelou, plenty of them. So what's so absurd about it? Why are you pissed off? It's not your life. They're living their life. They're the ones that are happy. And you're sitting around miserable because you feel as though that black person should have been with you. That black person should have been in the community. No black person is a soldier in an army. We're all independent thinkers, believers, and that's the way it is. And every one of us have a different experience. Every one of us has different qualities, different things we bring to the table. We'll talk more in just a moment. There's another aspect of this type of interracial relationship, exploratory dating. In other words, the black woman wants to be with a white man just to see what it's like. The white man wants to be with a black woman for the first time to see what it's like to be with her. Now, in many cases, these are mutually exploitive relationships where they already know what they're about. This is more fetish based and some will find it more sexually based. Now, nothing's wrong with this if these two people are consenting adults without a problem. Now, I think what happens a lot of times, though, is that for some reason, we draw the lines in such a way because we feel as though we're supposed to only find love and emotions and everything else within our own group. And that's not the case. Diversity is something that we have learned here in the United States and we're still growing in that capacity. In other parts of the world, they have it. 
You know, it cracks me up. I, I hear people all the time talk about, well, you know, the Chinese, uh, they're all one race. No. You got about 800 million Han, which is the largest minority in the world. And then you have other different groups within that group. I mean, outside that group that are in China. So homogeneity is what some people will think is the key, and it's not. They want diversity as well. Now, let's look at a few things here. When we start talking about a black woman being with a white man, she's considering some of the pressures and some of the issues she has to deal with, just like black men do with white women. Society's going to have this view of us. We're going to have to go through it. We're going to get a lot of insults. So we got to have pretty good armor in order to deal with it. Now, another thing, too, is depending on the neighborhood and communities and environments in which you live. Some of you won't have this problem because interracial relationships are more acceptable in certain communities throughout the country than in others. That's just the way it goes. That woman may not get the same respect in certain circles than she would in in other areas. Just like the lady that was down in Florida when they had the hurricane. She was married to a wealthy white man. She had her interracial children. And she was trying to find a place where she could seek shelter because her house had been damaged. And these very neighbors that used to speak with her on a regular basis, used to tell her how wonderful her kids look, all this stuff. They would not let her in. All because they respected her husband, who was white, but they didn't respect her. And you'll run across some of those situations, and some of you ladies, unfortunately, get involved in relationships where you don't have an equal share, where you're not treated equally by your partner. In other words, he knew that this woman was going to have difficulty in that community without him. And in this case, being with her would have probably been more beneficial, for sure, for both of them. So these are considerations that have to be taken when you get involved in an interracial relationship. How firm is this person's commitment with me? Is it a situation when controversial issues come up that he runs for the hills? Is it a situation where this person abandons me? Is it acceptable for him to listen to one of his friends crack a racial joke when I'm in his presence. But ladies, you got to ask yourself at that point, why are you with a man that's so permissive on that? Now, another thing, and here's the thing that I would tell you. Some of you would not tell that guy to man up like you would tell a black man. Honey, let's go. But if it was a black man or something like that was going down with another black man saying something, it'd probably say something to the effect of, oh, you're just going to let him disrespect me like that. And women who do that, you then know what the value of that man is to her. If an African-American woman did that to a white man, she'd probably just say, let's go, honey. 
But to a black man, she'll probably tell him to go fight it. And that shows you the value of a situation and of a person in that situation. And this is one of the problems that many black men have with many African-American women, and they don't talk about it. They talk about it at the barbershops. They're talking about it among themselves at sport events, bars, and things like that. But they don't talk about it to black women. Because black men have a lot to say. They just don't say it. They show it now. They get into other relationships and they wonder, well, why is he with her? She's Asian. She's Latin. She's black. She's white. She's light-skinned black. She's white. She's this. She's that. Why is he with her? And the first thing he will go and tell you, he's worried about behavior. Ladies, I've been telling you this for the longest as a black man. It's not your hair color. It's not your eye color. It's not the pretty babies that you could have with them. What black men look at is the fact that if a woman is acting out in public and she every word is MF and she's always emasculating him, he's got another choice and he takes that choice. And he doesn't have to symbolically be with a black woman just for the sake of her being black. He could be with a black woman because she's a good woman and behaves like a woman. He could be with a white woman who does the same thing. He could be with an Asian woman who does the same thing. It's about the behavior. It's not about the external features. And many times women get hung up on the packaging. That's not where the problem is. There's some black women that cheer other black women on. They give it a white man to make black men feel bad. Okay, I get it. I remember one time at the Grand Hotel, right downtown Vegas, there was this black woman that was with this white man and this white guy. It was only obvious he was from Indiana. He had all this Indianapolis uh, Speedway stuff on. And he looked like a conservative kid that just came out of University of Indiana. Oh, and this sister was all over him. She was looking at me, rolling her eyes, kissing him in the ear and all this in front of me showing all those PDAs holding him up and giggling and talking to him so kind and nicely it was all a big ass show but I was like that's okay at least she's happy and she wants to let me know that she's got a white guy and I said congratulations didn't mean anything to me but to her it was a big deal So I could understand that she had graduated and got to a point where she finally found someone who loves her and she loved him. There was another situation I saw while I was there. White couple was sitting beside me. All of a sudden, husband leaves, comes back. He's got this black woman by the hand and he brings her over to the table. Now, at this point, that woman did not look at me one time eye to eye. She had her head down, put a weave over her eyes. The wife was not happy. And I'll never forget what she said. Let's go to the room and get this done with so we can go on. It was only obvious what they were going to do. 
The black girl, of course, was going to have sex with them. They were going to have a threesome. This was a common thing you see in Vegas. These are things that happen. And at each level, it comes down to the way you respect yourself as a human being. There's many women out there that have good relationships, interracial relationships, and they don't have any of the problems I'm talking about now. And the reason why, they're in an environment, a supportive environment, and they were fortunate enough to have people who saw that happiness was far more important than symbolism. That symbolism stuff is going to keep your ass behind the eight ball for life. It leads to nothing. We have to be more practical and understand that there's more to us than our race. There's more to us than some group think. There's more to us than some sort of cause and suffrage. And you have some African-American women that are saying, you know what? I'm tired of the struggle shit. I'm ready to go ahead and get my life started. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm done. And they're not sitting around waiting for a black man to come out of the sky and have them. They're not desperate enough where they're going to go and team up with a whole bunch of other black women to have some sort of uh, polygyny or polygamy or whatever the hell they want to have family. They're not doing that because they know what their options and choices are. And they're trying to make the best choice in order to be happy. And if it happens to be with a white man, so be it. If it happens to be with a Latino, if it happens to be with an Asian man or any other race, she's going to be happy. Just like everyone else should. Well, you have those options. If you want to limit yourself, that's you. If you want to say I only want to, you know, uh, they only need to be dating our, that's you thinking that. And nobody gives a damn about your opinion in that. And that's what you have to come to grips with. After 500 years of being together, if not more, of being together in the same group in the same country, we're still dealing with the same problems. Hadn't changed. Hadn't changed at all. Because even on the slave ships, you had diversity of opinion and belief. You damn sure had it because you had people from different tribes. Get here to the States, you have the same thing. Different values, different beliefs. Geographically, in this country, different values, different beliefs. They are there for a reason. And we have to realize that no matter what choice an African-American woman makes for herself, look at Kamala Harris. She's biracial. She's married to a white man. The judge that just got appointed by Biden. White man. Married. Clarence Thomas. White woman. We can go all the way down the list of people that have done this. And what we have to come to grips with is this one thing. The question is, are they happy? 
And if they are, what's the problem? Just because we're unhappy with that visual that we see of them with someone else of a different race, what's that supposed to do? Prompt us to change it? And if we could change it, then what? How would it change anything in your life? It wouldn't. So you need to be with who you love. You need to be with someone who loves you back and who you can love, who will take care of you, who will provide the same thing, whether they're black, white, Asian, doesn't matter. To get out of this coloring book of symbolism and understand that we're only human and only here for a short-ass period of time. That's the reason why that damn dash in your headstone is so small. And those numbers are so big on both sides of it. Because what that tells you is it's a small place in the grand scheme of things. At one point, all of us will go into that ground or go into a crematorium and be forgotten within our own generation, if not two. And then what? People are going to be the way they are. People are going to think the way they believe. And they're going to believe the way they think. That's the way it's going to be. And we're not going to be able to change that. What we do sometimes is we think that because there's a confluence of opinions and beliefs that we all have this same mindset and we don't. We have some parallels but doesn't necessarily equal out to the same equation. Folks, I want Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use.
Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.